I have been seeing this TikTok trend of people, quote unquote, discovering brown noise. <gasps> yes. And I want to so talk. Bizarre. I want to talk about that for a second. Okay. <clears throat> I discovered brown noise. Remember in Target, oh, so twenty years ago, how they had those big squares, mm -hmm. and you would push the button, and mm -hmm. you could listen to the sounds. It was like soundscapes. Soundscapes. It was like flutes or like like pan yes nature sounds it's like it's like that little breakdown in africa by toto mm -hmm. but like a bunch of those different melodies and obviously as someone like me uh -huh. all gay people gravitated towards that i don't know any gay person that no. didn't yeah, if my Go mom there. would have trusted me to stay there the entire time, I would have just... I would have just stood there and experienced the soundscapes. Meditated, yeah. <clears throat> That's where I first discovered brown noise. Okay. Uh, I got it on a CD first. <laughs> okay. Old school. And I would put it like on my iPods and put it on replay and I would just always listen to brown noise. And uh -huh. I've always known that brown noise and white noise and pink noise and all those uh -huh. different sounds ease the internal chatter of my mind yeah you know ask someone diagnosed with ADD yeah uh my mind goes a million miles per hour at all yeah. times in all directions but when I have brown noise going on in my ears it's bliss. like an empty fucking coconut I, I'm an empty coconut <laughs> speaking, speaking of, of which, which I'm Sammy I'm Skylar welcome to the speaking of which podcast where mm -hmm. we you know it is what it is mm-hmm but do you ever feel like I'm happy that people are discovering brown noise? But I'm also so. What about for the li like for the listeners that like really maybe there's someone that doesn't even know what white noise is? Can you like break down for them like? Yeah, let me do like an or? illustration. So like, let's say you put in your earphones, you hear this. Mm -hmm. just for like three hours straight yeah. and I can read and so I listen to it at work sometimes and yeah. we have some Gen Z kids that are on my team mm. and they're like what are you listening to and I was like brown noise yeah. and they were like what the fuck is brown yeah. noise yeah. and I'm wondering if TikTok will now teach everyone what brown noise is because it it's really making the rounds it is because like that's all I'm seeing it's that or I'm seeing the trend where it's like okay listen he's an eight but he's a mama's boy. Oh, he's a two. He's a two. <laughs> oh, that's what we could do later, I guess. Uh, maybe we can come up with some scenarios of like... Where they're hot, but they have a fatal flaw. Or you say like, okay, so he's a three, but um, incredible in, in bed. Four. See, to me, that's, you know, that might, might, might put them up or them up to like a seven or an eight. Do you ever feel, even though Neglected? I don't, even though I don't, I'm just not done with this brown noise nonsense for one no, more minute. We're absolutely going to go back. Do you ever feel like oh, something is yours and when everyone else finds out about it, you're so happy that everyone knows about it, but now everyone knows about your brown noise and it's not your brown noise anymore. Everyone has it. Yeah. It's called astrology. <laughs> yeah. That is so true. Literally, growing up, I was the only, the only fucking one. bitch that cared. I mean, people would care to talk to me about it, but like nobody fucking knew. No one even knew what their sun signs were. Like I was that bitch telling people what their sun signs were. Then I'm going into detail like nobody nobody knew astrology. Mm -hmm. And if they did, it was like so like vague, vague like read their horoscopes like, knew their sign knew their friend's not, sign it was not cool like it was mm -hmm. not and now everybody like 
knows the breakdown of their Chiron placements. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, there's obviously, I, I don't want to be like gatekeeper-y about it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, there's so many benefits and it's so wonderful. But like, whereas, it's a tool, yeah. whereas it was something that like. But it felt like it was your special yeah, thing. Yeah. I'm and sure that, that like, happens okay. to everyone at some point. I'm sure, but maybe not something that you're trying to make your profession. That's a little. Yeah. Hard. I mean, I what a professional brown noise. <laughs> Baby, you're the best brown I'm noiser the best brown noise I've right ever met. And every time I hear brown noise, I just think of farts. Yeah. Every time someone says brown noise, I just imagine a loud, squeaky fart. I have a hard time with white and brown noise. I am better at, like, specific sounds that are, um, like, I work very well with, like, rain or thunder or... You have to have, like, an ambiance. Like, an actual, yeah, like, um... Not just a frequency. Right. Like, I do very well with, like, light piano or... I enjoy like that. that stuff, but it, it um, I can't concentrate if that's playing. Uh, yeah. So I, I have to have just a solid static sound or nothing will be going on in my I, brain. That does help me concentrate for about 20 to 30 minutes, and then it makes me want to... Immediately go to sleep. Out, yeah. So, no, yeah. No, it, <laughs> it's becomes it becomes painful. Torture. I've heard some people say that uh, white noises yeah. become extremely painful yeah. to them if they listen to them for too long. So it's interesting that you say. I that. mean, it's interesting, like when I, you know, I'm around like um, Aylin or um, Isaac, the younger children in our lives, because both of them have like white noise to go to sleep to. Oh, like generator you know, machines? Yeah, like Aylin is going to be four in July and she's still, from what I remember, she still has her white noise. And so, you know, I associate it with something that is easy and calming for children and kind of helps them to not wake up with other things going on in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I don't know. I feel like actually as a baby, I would have loved that shit. We just oh, didn't yeah. have that sort of stuff when we were kids. My little sister didn't have a white noise machine, but she had a big fan yep. in her room. Yep, basically And you would turn it on thing. to max sound, yep. and then it just sounded like brown noise. I mean, George and I cannot sleep in the room if there's not a fan going. And oh, that me is either. the noise mostly. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean. Also, in case anyone didn't know... You can go to Spotify and search Brown Noise Mm -hmm. or Apple Music, and all of the major streaming platforms have playlists for the different frequencies, like different sub-frequencies of all of the sound noises. Yeah. Because if you try and search like for an app, like a Brown Noise app, they always want 99 cents from you or something stupid. So just get it from your streaming platform, or they also have it on YouTube, just in case anyone didn't know. I mean, I like the frequencies that are like um, singing bowls or gongs or, you know, um, maybe just... They don't put you right to sleep. Or something like... No, that's what actually helps me concentrate. Uh, As soon as I hear like the hums and the gongs and the beautiful sounds... I am asleep within three seconds. I'm so calm and centered right now because I've been listening to light jazz as I did my freaking astrology course earlier. And no, just like a light piano or a light gong or a light whatever or a harp. Get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. I should probably be doing that every day because I'm a lot more <laughs> centered and a lot less angry. So... Today, I love that we... you feel brown noise is yours, though. Brown noise is mine. 
I feel like that sentence, I wish that it was called something Like, in something fact, else. I'm something of a brown noise connoisseur. I know good brown noise quality from bad brown noise quality. Like, I know if I'm getting a good stream mm. from, like, a good album. Or if it's, like, a shitty brown noise that won't help anyone. Mm. Like, I know a good brown noise. When and I you're know. not a white, white noise gal? No, white noise is too TV static. Mm -hmm. It's too jarring. Yeah, white noise is a lot. Psychology Today pulled through. Would you like to play a snippet, like a 10 second snippet of like your type of like high class brown brown noise? Oh god, I don't have one saved, but yes, I will. Oh, uh, wow, to be a brown, brown noise connoisseur, you sure don't have one at the drop of a dime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds about me. Let me play it. Okay. Let me play it right now. Okay. Are you ready for this? I, I sure hope so. The bing of your computer. <laughs> Everyone, just relax and know that this Everyone, is... Everyone, take a speaking of which deep breath. This is for Skyler's, 10 seconds. you know, Gouda cheese of brown noise. All right, everyone, listen. It's a good quality. Rip a fart. <laughs> you know what it does? That was good. It reminds me of being in a plane. Yes, brown noise is a subfrequency of uh, plane, plane noises. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Listen. Being in. <laughs> I know, but if you go, if you get one of those ambiance apps, uh -huh. if you click on plane, mm -hmm. like plane ambiance, mm -hmm. and it breaks it down into subcategories, mm -hmm. you can just automatically pick standard brown noise. Is there noise. one where like there's like a side category for screaming baby? So like That's my you're worst on nightmare. a plane. I know, because I would just like But really far in the back, like twenty feet behind yeah. you. Yeah. So how can I like slip that into your playlist when you're working and then all of a sudden? But it's just like, a split second, so I don't know if it really happened or with not. Like every now and again a <coughs> <coughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> Excuse me, can you move? I have to go to the bathroom. A flushing toilet. I, yeah, I have to get up. Uh can I I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Can you Sir, I can't get past your enormous legs. <laughs> Just okay, me though. <laughs> I just, sir, I just straddle him as I go over the top. <laughs> like I was saying, <laughs> Psychology Today pulled through for the first time in a while, oh. and this is an article from a man named Stephen Ng, and his job is a sexual futurist. Okay. What the hell is that? I relate to that. I don't even know what it is. And he wrote an article called How to Ruin Your Relationship in Five Simple Steps. Literally me. <laughs> but somebody else's relationship. And he said, if you want to improve your relationship, do the opposite of these things. And tell me if you oh, relate. okay. That's one way to... That's one way okay. to really think about it. So tell me if you've ever done any what of these things. What not to do? One, Frankenstein your partner. Says often someone in a relationship will secretly, or even worse, not so secretly, wish their partner were, for example, more outdoorsy, more fit, more sexual, more intellectual, more spiritual, more affectionate, instead of A, admitting I partnered up with the wrong person, or B, learning to appreciate and love your partner for who they are. You cannot change another person. Mm -mm. But you can, sometimes you can't help wishing that your partner was a little different. You know, yeah. with certain things. I mean, yeah. So what's the difference between standard, like, oh my gosh, I wish they were different, and Frankensteining your partner, like obsessing over how you wish they were Don't different? Don't be a Virgo. I hadn't thought of that as because being a potential... 
Virgos are always Frankensteining their partners is well, what this guy calls it. Well, just everything, really, because Virgos' job is to find the flaws or the the things they were the things that change. are not working so that they can improve things. But you can't improve another person if they don't want to improve something about themselves. Like maybe the thing that you think is wrong is something that they really admire in themselves. Um, this is a good Virgo quote. Then quote. I should attempt to stitch together the perfect partner. This one's looks, that one's emotional maturity, until I've assembled a beautiful monster. <laughs> okay. Me. Me. I'm a beautiful monster. So then, I'm thinking of my past relationships and my current one. Yeah. I feel like it's inevitable that you're going to come across something where you think, I really wish that this behavior did not exist. Yeah. I mean... It doesn't even have to be about a behavior. Sometimes people are, are um, like, upset of something that's outside of their control or mm -hmm. something that they wish that was different or they could change, but that, that your partner has no mm -hmm. control Like, they don't over. shave their butt or something? No. Like, maybe um, a family member that they have or oh, yeah. of a... Um, Maybe like a, a diagnosis or something of some sort. It's like that's mm -hmm. outside of their scope of like being able to control it, you know? Um, but what do you think about these examples of outdoorsy, more fit, more sexual, more intellectual, more spiritual? Oh. Like at what point would you feel comfortable suggesting these behaviors to someone? Like let's say I'm in a relationship with someone and I really want to get into the outdoors. That's not going to happen. But let's say mm -hmm. I'm a mountaineer now. I want to yeah. go hike Appalachia. Yeah. And I really want my partner to go with me. Yeah. But they don't want to. Yeah. How much would you be willing to push them before you gave up? I don't. It's like really. I don't. I would never do that. I just would never do that because I, at least I, I don't think so. I'm trying to think of a different example that might contextually like I would, if I, If they me. were at first saying they didn't want to go, I'd be like, no, you want to go. You know, I'd be like, you really want to go because I'm going to be there. Yeah. And you're obsessed with me. Yeah. So like okay. you have to go Okay. So because you, I'm going to be you there. You only pick partners that are obsessed with you. So that really works for you. Um, right. I feel like there's lots I've of things. I've just tried that so many times in the past for relationships. It never turns out well. It mm -hmm. never turns out well. No. Um, and I think there are qualities that I'm sure my partner would, you know, maybe like dial up or dial down if they could uh but i feel like also i feel the same way but then when i look at it it i don't know i've just it's about the way that you approach it i mean i was just saying definitely today, about how you approach it like i wouldn't be aggressive i'd be like please do this with me yeah like i don't feel uncomfortable but, asking someone but that doesn't change them being outdoorsy that just no, that just, it just makes them do what i want them to yes do. <laughs> but it doesn't change the fact that they're still innately not an indoor girl an indoor girl you know <laughs> Me? they're a home body <laughs> but they just chose to go with you that their, one time yeah to go with you and to be to do that for you mm -hmm. it doesn't change them um, Unless the experience changes them and they become outdoorsy, and then in which case mission success. And then you decide that you're actually and a stay-at-home girl, and now you're <laughs> upset that all they want to do is be go outdoorsy, outside. and you're like, no, 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 no I did to this to myself. Thing. Story of my life. Yeah. 
Story of my life, getting my partner to do what I want to do, and then and they then get they they start to it. like it when I start to not like it. Yeah. It's a whole mess. Yeah. Been there. So actually, you know what? You're so right. Never Frankenstein your partner in case they actually like what you want them to like. Yeah. Because there's no guarantee you'll like it forever. And what if they become better at you than it? That'll kill you. That would kill me. That would kill you. I if I think that there's a risk that my partner will be better than me at something, I will not introduce that thing to them until I am so far ahead they'll yeah. never catch up. Here's what I have always found to be the greatest success is if you're in a relationship that is loving and supportive, mm -hmm. if you want your partner to do something, this is like kind of like a little, mm -hmm. you know, reverse psychology, a little, little life hack. No, honestly, I feel like this is with your partner or with your friends or anything. The greatest inspiration to get someone to want to participate or be interested in something that you are hoping that they would either change in or whatever is living by example because as soon as you try to suggest or nag or uh you know say that it's a problem or that this or that i mean it's just that like tales oldest time of like if you're being told something there's immediate want to deny it or to not do it mm -hmm. so if you if you are doing something that like let's say you're an outdoorsy person with that example and your partner is not an outdoorsy person the best thing i would think to do instead of is trying just to go change outside them, is just be you enjoy what you want keep doing what you want keep talking about how much you love it and all of the experiences that you're having and all of the different things that you want to plan to do and how it's changed mm -hmm. things for you in the past and just have it be an inspirational part of who you are and if that person that you're with loves you enough they're gonna be at least interested in wanting to experience or be around that and if they don't and there's so many things that keep piling up where like they're not fit or you need them you're like you might be you know getting mm -hmm. into health or outdoorsy and there's like more than a certain number of those things where it just seems like there is no want or need for connection or you know mm -hmm. you know and then and then there might be the the writing might be on the wall but like you know what i mean <laughs> i mean for ex example like i love reading and i love audiobooks and i love just stories and and i I've always loved reading in books in any sort of way, mm -hmm. libraries, bookstores, whatever. And when I first started dating uh, George, he couldn't like he he used to say like I've never read a book, like I don't read a book, like I think I didn't even finish the ones in high school or whatever. And so I you know would I was always listening to audiobooks, and I had told him like I kept talking about how incredible this book was and everything like that, and then. Um, you know, there was another person in the house that started reading the same book, his friend, and then the other person. And then I was like, well, everyone's reading it. If you want, you can, you can participate. And like, cause we were all talking about it. We were all having fun, but we never pushed or anything like that. We just invited and then let it happen if it didn't happen. And now literally George, all George does is read audiobooks. Like mm -hmm. he was downstairs playing video games and didn't have his headphones on. And you kind of need the sound to play the game. And he was just listening to his audiobook and playing the video games. Yeah. And it become it became something that he'd enjoyed on his own instead of like trying to change him or like pressuring him into doing something. It just happened naturally and he discovered. Do you have an example or no? No one ever listens to me, so I have no <laughs> examples. But here's number two. What? Which I love. <clears throat> two. Okay. Quashing. Love that word. To quash. Quash fantasy talk. Okay. 
most people buy into the naive narrative yeah. that if your partner shares something like a sexual fantasy that's different from yours, that makes them a pervert. <laughs> Not true. We are all sexual beings, and just like fantasizing about robbing a bank doesn't cause a crime, encouraging talk about fantasies doesn't cause affairs. Instead, such openness can dramatically increase your depth of intimacy in a relationship so that yeah. we both feel closer in sharing who we are with one another. Yo, what, what, we're not kink-shaming. Who's kink-shaming? Apparently, some people don't like talking about... Um, like what they're into? Like what they're into, or... Fantasy talk. Yeah. I have had some exes that would, like, never dirty talk. Like, that's just not something that they would ever do. And I've had some that... Is that you? Are you the ex? I'm the one that would never dirty yeah. talk. I don't yeah. know how. I can't. Yeah. I really struggle. I'm always like, yeah, that big wiener. Stop, Skylar! What does it do? Stop! Is it... Wow, it's Coming there. towards me? Wow! Like, it is so cringe. And I, I'm always so upfront when I first meet someone. I'm like, just in case you need dirty talk, I cannot do that for you. Oh, you're like Ross and friends. It's so bad. Oh, and no. uh, however, I would never shut it down for someone else. But not Does just... Does somebody else doing that to you make you uncomfortable? Sometimes, yes. Okay. If, like, obviously everyone has, like, like, their freaky moments. A, I feel like you've been in a lot of partnerships where I can sense that your partners are <laughs> extreme <laughs> dirty talkers. So I... Uh, this is me. I'm always like, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yes. yes. Yeah. Then what? You just are Whoa. very agreeable. I'm, I'm the <laughs> most agreeable just... bitch in the bedroom. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> There's not a damn thing just... I'll say no to. Do you just... When it comes to dirty talk, I'm yeah. just like, oh, yeah, that sounds really good. You want to stomp on an elephant? Yes. Paint it? Wow. You want to stab so me? Hot. <laughs> <laughs> you want to rip my tongue yeah, out yeah. and serve it for dinner? So hot, baby. <laughs> so hot, babe. <laughs> this is something I love about my current relationship. Yeah. And not fantasy talk in the sexual sense. Yeah. But there's this business idea that I had about, you know, like maybe opening up like, a, uh, you know, like a little bookshop and, you know, like okay. whatever. I've had okay. all these really fun ideas about cool. it. And instead of him being like, uh, like asking like really serious questions about yeah. it, he's always like, tell me like what your dream bookshop looks like. Cute. He was like, tell me every, he was like, no matter how outrageous. He was yeah. like, is it 45 stories tall? Oh, I love that. You know, and yeah. like he just loves talking to help you like think bigger about it yeah think so much bigger and just like i don't know like there's something about the fantasy of it that yeah. is like so stimulating cool. to me and like That's i awesome. absolutely love that and i can't That's imagine so cute. i can't imagine some because i know some people who are like i don't know kind of doing fantasy talk about things that they want to do people will be like let's get real yeah. Which, I mean, we all have to do eventually. Yeah. But I like that I can go as big as I want and it's not immediately like, okay, well, let's take it back. You know? Mm, yeah. It's like, let it be as big as it needs to be for as long as it needs to be. Until, yeah. And I, I just think that. that's such a great quality. That's so cool. In a person. So yeah. I think that if you're like me and not a dirty talker, <laughs> fantasize about your bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> that really might be stimulating, as Skylar says. That is stimulating to me. <laughs> Like, my idea of a dirty talk is like, yeah, and it's got wood floors. <laughs> Mahogany. Mahogany. <laughs> Candelabras. Really everywhere. Made of oak, though. Oh my God. Alphabetical. <laughs> the spider.
lines are all color coordinated. So that would be incredible. Uh, what about you? I feel like you are probably like totally fine in this department. What? <laughs> you know, like well, uh, regular quiet. regular fantasy talking, and then I'm probably also like when you're having I'm your not. sexy times, you're probably like I'm not quiet. <laughs> you're probably I'm like, not quiet. What if you choked me till I died? <laughs> well. <laughs> Well, so that's not something you struggle with. I, no, I struggle with that, and uh, um, I yeah, no, it's a but it's an integral part of my mm-hmm. experiences. Yeah, and also, I'll just leave it here again. My Eros and my Venus are in Aries in the eighth house. <laughs> okay, so and then obviously, if you're like me, yeah. I don't think quashing fantasy talk if you're uncomfortable with it is necessarily bad. But listen. I'm of the opinion, yeah. that could be the minority here, but like if I'm in a relationship with someone yeah. and once a month they want to do dirty Very talk right. to me yeah. and I don't want to, I'm going to do it because that's who I am. <laughs> All right? Libra Moon, ladies I'm and okay with doing things I don't want to do if it makes the other person happy every once in a while. And I think that that is a good quality for people to have. Sure. Well, I, think a, I think the I think the every once in a while you should do something you don't want to do for your partner, and I don't think that that should be. But innately, you do want to do it because yes, because ultimately you do want to do it. <laughs> so you're right. When I'm talking about how bad I want to get stabbed, <laughs> that's because I really. You're right. Ultimately, want <laughs> want to be doing that. Really, that is what I want. Three. When will this end? <laughs> This is the third way to ruin your relationship. (laughs) Three. Mistake the identical for the intimate. Okay. Many people in relationships assume that if their their partners don't share their faith, passions, politics, or opinions, they're not cut out to be a long-term couple. Nothing could be further from the truth. In your alliance with another person, consider the strategy corporations use when they make a merger and try to find a complementary but not overlapping areas of strength, ability, and interest. So I, I, I like that idea of identical for the intimate. Just because someone shares the same views as you, that doesn't make it intimate. Yeah. So you could have just as much intimacy with someone that doesn't share any of, you, any of your yeah. same opinions. It's more difficult Obviously. I mean, yeah, this like, is be difficult for me, for me because... to fall in love with a Republican. Oh, okay. Like, That's that, so that, clear, yeah. That would be something that I would potentially struggle with. Okay. You yeah. know? Or, yeah. So I could be best friends with a Republican because yeah. one of my childhood best friends is a yeah. Republican, which I'm like always like question mark. But yeah. Yeah. I think it would be harder for like an intimate relationship, like having sex with a Republican. <laughs> 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 Oh, like that would be different. God. Okay. I mean, yeah. I would be more likely to be in a relationship with someone who has zero of the same interests and nothing in common mm-hmm. except for the same belief systems. But that's just me. That's just the way that I work. And I feel mm-hmm. like... Core values, though, yeah. are different than... Other things because yeah. like I like my core value is that every human being is worth something. Right. If someone doesn't share that core value, yeah. it'll never it'll work. It'll never work. You're right. Yes. And yeah, again, but some people are not the same not the same, you know. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, it's really important that we're both, you know, interested and I love the fact that we both are into kayaking and it's like all mm-hmm. we do and that's what we do and that's it's Imagine if your core value was kayak. 
But like, you know, but their core yeah. values are different, you mm-hmm. know, and they're like, we're, we don't see eye to eye on our beliefs, but like, we're, we enjoy doing the same things and spending time together. So it works. But like some people that were, and honestly, I'm, this is a hot take. And for anybody for the generation above ours, which would be, you know, boomer or higher mm-hmm. who's listening to this, I think one of the most integral difficulties with relationships in the boomer generation and higher is is that a lot of the relationships were never based on the same belief systems they were based off of things like we met at like literally proximity yeah we we either met in the same area or we both went to the same you know school Mm -hmm. or we we both were into you know, baseball, we met doing these and then, you know, we've put our beliefs aside and that maybe they figured out their beliefs together or like whatever. I, there's so many couples where I think in the boomer generation and higher, the belief systems didn't matter. And you, if, if it worked out, it worked out like, um, which I do think, which is one of the reasons why in the end, the highest divorce rate is coming from our, you know, our parents' generations and higher. Um, but, you know, starting with like the millennials and down, I think it was much more of a focus on like innately, do you have the same belief systems? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, do you have the same core values? And then all the logistics can work out together. And honestly, I think that's why dating in our, in our, um, mm-hmm in our generations and lower is so difficult is because it's hard to find someone who has the same belief systems as you, but also has all the other qualities. Cause that's really what you want mm-hmm. for the most part. It's like, okay, they might have the same belief systems as you, but they never shower. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that might be a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A stinky boyfriend. We've yeah. all had one. Oh, have I? Yeah. I right. We've all had one. Yeah. I had a sticky, yeah, okay, partner too, but that's okay. Four. Okay. Rigidly enforce the nuclear option without exception in order to scare them straight. So here's the example. Yeah, I was like, what? Have you ever thought, like, if he cheats, it's over? This may seem to work, but what it usually does, instead of inspiring fidelity, is make them really, really motivated to hide who they are. Now, this mm-hmm. is getting controversial, oh. so let's talk about it. Acknowledging that we are all highly flawed and capable of great failure will encourage conversation when things feel off and affirm that we are loved even when we're imperfect. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I have some <laughs> thoughts about this one. Okay, let's so, hear it. I am... A cheater? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, oh my god, okay. <laughs> You are go. imperfect. I am imperfect as an imperfect person. No, you it says are what? if he, I would not. Mm. I understand why. If this is one of your core values, and if someone breaks it, then mm. the relationship is over. True. But I also see how, on the flip side, if you give a spouse an ultimatum, like if you ever do this, it's over between us. Mm-hmm. then that spouse will either be honest with you. There's two options. Right. They'll either never do it and be honest with you or, or do it, it. Do it and never tell you. Yeah. Okay, wouldn't you, Thompson. wouldn't you rather know? And is there danger for like you potentially your, your future happiness by setting the ultimatum, but also ignorance is bliss. If you never find out, is there any harm done? Hmm. 
Like, there's just so I many mean, directions too, that my mind goes with this. I'm too mercurial. I would need to know. Yeah, I would need to know, too. Especially if I found out everyone else knew except for me, which is classic me. Oof. No, that would... That's, like, literally a Gemini's worst nightmare. Like, everyone knows something you don't? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That is actually my nightmare. <laughs> it's triggering. How, like it's I, it's your nightmare, but it's my reality. So yeah, you really are the last to know everything. <laughs> Literally the last. People to will know. tell you, and you'll still be like, I don't get it. I don't understand I don't what get, you're what? trying to tell me. What do you mean? Have you ever, or are you the type of person to set an ultimatum? Like, do you say things like, if you ever do this, it's over. Like, no exceptions. No. Me either. No. I'm always willing to. Uh, talk about it first. I'm very adaptable to like unless are... they've gone out there and murdered someone, I'm probably gonna sit down and talk. Okay, but I think it's on the flip side, as you say a lot, is mm -hmm. like on the flip side, it's really important for expectations to be set clear. and mm -hmm. clear and it not go to the extremes of like if you ever do this, I'm it's done. Over. It's more so like here's what I expect from a partner and here's what I will mm -hmm. hold to as well. You know, I expect X, Y, and Z because that's that what, that's what I give back in return. Um, if those things are broken, then we need to reevaluate, reevaluate, you know, um, mm -hmm. but it's not like a ultimate, like it's over for mm -hmm. any time you do this, but it's really important to set expectations of, you know, here's what I'm willing to do and here's what I'm not willing to do, but, you know, let's go with the flow. And also those things might change over time, mm -hmm. you know, as like you grow and they grow as a person, mm -hmm. you know, the expectations is good to like kind of reevaluate every so often too, to see like, okay, do I really still feel this way or not? Mm -hmm. Am I into a threesome yet or no? <laughs> Just joking. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> I feel like the older like, I get, the more I'm like, I need to always have sexual openness okay like if That's i need it very, like you know I, yeah i think it's also like a gay thing like yeah. if, if there's yeah, a hot wiener i want it to be an option and yeah. i want it to mean nothing you know <laughs> you know and i think yeah. a lot of gay people totally get it yeah they're like what's a wiener man we've all been there <laughs> so do you think <laughs> <Mood>. <laughs> <sighs> i mean yeah they're I'm like I'm like you. I would never say if you ever do this, it's over between us. Yeah. I think I I could potentially say that as a joke. Yeah. Like if you ever. I wouldn't joke like that. I'm trying know. to think. Like, what's an example? I would just word it much more like loose and be like, I would have a very difficult time getting past X, Y, and Z if it ever occurred. So it would really be in it our would best be interest. You. Yeah, it would be in our best interest to avoid this sort of scenario if possible. Because I think that it would be really difficult for me to be able... Like, it, I think wording things also is really mm -hmm. important because instead of being like, if you ever did this, it would be over. I wouldn't be able to do it. It's more so... Because you don't really know. I mean, look at Khloe Kardashian, okay? And the couple's first seasons of, the, mm -hmm. of, of Keeping Up With Kardashians, you know... Scott Disick was just cheating all over Courtney and she knew it and she was like if that were me it would be over it would be done I have more respect for myself than to have my partner cheat on me mm -hmm. and then and then get back with him and look at Miss you know Miss mm -hmm. Thang now people grow people change and she's 
She believes you in just realize when third, it happens to you. second, fourth chances, whatever. And then she also knows when her limit is to her limit. And obviously it was in a very public way. I'm spilling Kardashian tea because mm-hmm. I just watched the final episode of the new Kardashian show on Hulu. Or on Hulu. But um, it really did make me think because it was linking to this. Like, it's literally public. You know, as she was younger, she literally was like, that's it. If I'm with someone and they cheat, it's over. And then, you know, then she... It happens, and you kind of have to eat your words sometimes. Well, also, like, okay, she has a child. The situations change as you grow, and there's different factors into things. Mm. You know, that's still her child's father, and she wanted to try and make it work or whatever for for her child's sake, and that Mm. changed her perspective on that particular thing. Mm. This doesn't always have to be about cheating, but it's just, like, that's the one that's, I feel like, most... But like you, but you're right. Also, but also on the flip side, now that you sit, now that you like bring kids into it, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like you said, I'm not an ultimatum person, but there are things that would be ultimatums, deal breakers. Like if I had a child and like I walked in and like my spouse was like hitting the child, yeah. like obviously that would be like, yeah, oh hell, like yeah, this is not even something we're talking about. Nope. Like yep. this is over. Yeah, and like no matter how invested I am, right. But it's also easy for me to say that now. I mm-hmm. I understand, but also yeah. I I wonder how that does play out. Yeah. If you do have ultimatums, how do you bring that to someone without them feeling like okay, well now I can just never tell them that this is happening. Yeah. So like I don't know. Well, it's, it's a fucking mess. Too because obviously like you would know that that would be a deal breaker for you, right? So like mm-hmm. that could be something of a discussion beforehand if you choose to have children or if you cho- choose to like let somebody help parent your child or whatever. You'd be like. You know, f- physical discipline is something that is not acceptable for me, and I do mm-hmm. not agree with it. I do not want it, you know, done. But then there's also things that you might not realize are ultimatums until you're in that situation. Oh, yeah. So if you're, you know, and you're in a situation and you're you. like, this is not okay, but we've never talked about this, they didn't know it wasn't okay, and like that could be difficult as well. Mm-hmm. This is weird. Are we like relationship therapists or something? <laughs> Speaking of which, it, well, like, I've been through so many. I <laughs> I just have so much to say. Earlier, my grandma was here to pick up a letter, and she was talking. I laughed so hard because I got the joke and she didn't. But my grandma was talking about how she was. The city came and like put X's on her cement because they want to replace it, and she's kind of upset because she's got to pay for it and all this stuff. Mm. And she's like, "I have so many X's that I feel like all of my other neighbors are jealous." And Skylar goes, I relate to that. And I was like, <laughs> and then my grandma's like, she like stopped and like thought about it. And like, she was like, why do you like, I knew she right? didn't get it. And I like had to look at her and I was like, grandma, he means like exes, like his ex partners. Like, and she's like, oh, but I, I thought it was so funny. Cause you were like, yeah, I relate to that. I have so many exes that my neighbors are like jealous too. Um, oh God. I cracked myself up there. Yeah. And then five. And then is this the last one? This is the last one. Okay. Disallow, discourage, and sabotage outside friendships. Now, this one would be Ooh, absolutely insane. This is, oh my it's God. It's fairly common for couples to call one another their best friends. Ooh. And while it's fantastic to have a partner who is your best friend, Ooh. it's also important I'm to, so encu- to encourage friendships <laughs> outside of your relationship. Being jealous of our spouse having friends is, first of all, completely self-defeating as people who have loving friends are happier more well-adjusted and more engaged in other aspects of their life including their own romances none of us can be everything to our mates and love is never a zero-sum game speak for yourself yourself. no i'm just joking 
I'm uh, sure that there are some people out there that could move to Alaska into like um, a stick hut with their partner and that's all they would ever need. I need a little more. Yeah. I'm going to need like a neighbor mm-hmm. that I like gossip with mm-hmm. every once in a while. Mm-hmm. I can't just have one person. Uh-huh. You know, I feel like a lot of people are that way. Yeah. I feel like I'm I'm not allowed to talk about this because I feel like like it could turn into like a defamation. <laughs> like someone can Amber Heard me, or you know what I mean. So, but um, like I, you know, I've I've had like weird yeah relationships in the past. Where yeah, it's got weird. Yeah, and but then they got better. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. I mean, okay, so I. It's, I mean, I've talked about this before, but, like, I value my friendships so much. And there are so many uh, uh, friendships that my partner and I have built and have together that are common friends. And there are so many that I've built that are my own friends um, and that I've either nourished from, like, before I met him or after I met him and... Um, for instance, Katie Flowers, the lovely Downanda mm-hmm. Katie Flowers. Mm-hmm. You know, we are very close. We talk a lot, excuse me, on an app called Marco Polo. And I've told her and I've told our friend Christina and I've told, you know, my, my cousin Kate, like these these relationships that I put time in, my, my friend Allison, like that I put time and energy. If I'm forgetting someone, I just don't want to say your name on my friends. But like, it's just an example of... <laughs> Katie, Katie Flowers is interesting because this would happen to me. My best friend would be on a podcast, yeah. and they'd be going through their like their best friends yeah. list, and my name wouldn't make the fucking cut. Okay, I don't need to name you. You're literally a part of this podcast. You live with me, okay? I know. I wasn't talking about me. Katie is a good ex- example because of the fact that I didn't know her before George. I made her a friend with her after I was already in a relationship with him. He has no ties to her, and mm-hmm. she is someone that of a relationship that I nourish as a friendship and you know it feels like an intimate relationship because i'm putting time and effort into communicating with this person and growing mm-hmm. you know and connecting with this person you know i feel like if you have healthy um realistic ideas of what friendship can mean it can mean a whole host of different things but like the ones that really mean something to you their relationships whether it's sexually involved or not or romantically involved or not if you have love and you're spending time and putting in effort into nourishing a relationship with someone in some sense that is so important for our souls and for our life's experience and i would never want to rob my partner my romantic partner of having those same experiences it's always nice when they work out together Mm -hmm. like our friend christina and matt um or jessica or even you at this point but like you know i feel like it's so important still to try and have those outside influences and relationships that aren't necessarily connected to your partner because it Mm -hmm. helps you grow and um it's just important i don't know i just feel like I feel like what this article might be hinting more towards is like if there's a friend that you don't like and mm-hmm. you, it's not about them spending time with friends because maybe there's other friends that you want him them to spend time with. It's innately something that they feel that is um, uh, a disadvantage to them in some way. Like, let's say this friend uh, always wants to spend time with him and they don't want 
your partner to be around you. So like you might not want them to hang out with that friend because it's taking away time from you. Or let's say your friend always wants, it's like, let's say the friend is single and you always have that person to go out to these bars with. And so it makes you insecure because you feel like they're putting them in a situation that's going to be detrimental to you. Mm. I feel like that's more what it is instead of just not wanting them to be you know, yeah. having friendships. Is there something specific about the friendship in general that feels like there's like mm-hmm. something to worry about for yourself? And like you know this article I mean? points out, when your spouse has lots of friends, they are happier, more well-adjusted, and more engaged in all other yeah. aspects of their life. Yeah. So like having friends ultimate, your partner having friends ultimately benefits you. Yeah. Which is, you know, if you can't accept it now, it'll benefit you in the long run. But then also on the other side, the flip side, what about somebody who like is like you don't have any fucking friends you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i have a ton of friends what if that your partner doesn't have friends doesn't want friends doesn't have a need to make friends and that bothers Uh, you because you want that person to have somebody else other than just you i had an ex-boyfriend who didn't have any in real life friends and he only had friends on the internet oh okay and i remember it was it worked out mostly because he could just play video games with these people and yeah. talk to them in real life. But that means he never left. Oh. He never left. Yeah. To go hang out with his friends. Yeah. Because he didn't have any. Yeah. And I remember thinking, man, like, I really wish he had some in real life friends that he could go out and do things with. Yeah, so I could stay at home. So that I could hamster. stay at home and do something with my hamster. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and i was out all the time like yeah. with my friends yeah and i never felt bad about it or anything like that but i remember thinking uh, i'm so much cooler than you not even that i'm so much cooler just, just thinking that you know it's just a weird feeling like when you're out with your friends and then your partner doesn't have any friends and you yeah. feel you know not guilty but just yeah. it's just a it weird, a weird feeling dynamic, yeah. like you feel like should I try and make my friends yeah. friends with this person? Or, like, is that my job? Yeah. You know, because there's no one to really tell you what to do when those things are happening. You kind of just got to feel it out. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what I did. Uh, clearly, the relationship didn't work. Oh, you added it. Yeah. <laughs> things are over now. <laughs> so It didn't work out for you. So, apparently, it was a deal breaker. Yeah. <laughs> That's how all of my stories. <laughs> and then we broke up. And then I edited it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so, so funny. Oh. Um, so let's do a little bit of this like TikTok trend. Okay. 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 Are we done with the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. so. This TikTok trend is. I mean, you could do it with anything. Yeah, the you communi- totally could. The different communities are taking over. So, like, the book, the book talk or whatever mm-hmm. is being like, okay, the book is a two. But it has the most steamy, engaging, romantic scenes ever. What would you rate it on a scale from one to ten? Okay. So then we have to come up with scenarios like this because you can do it for... It started off with, like, partners. Here's an amazing example of this, by the way. What you just said. Take out all of the romance and sex from A Court of Thorns and Roses. Oh, it's awful. And you'd have nothing. Yeah, it's awful. But throw in those, like, really... Well, it's not... A Court of Thorns or Roses is... Yes, but I mean, like, the series as a whole. Yeah, the series as a right? whole. Right? Take out the romance and the sex, and that is, like, a solid five. But put all yeah. that in there, you got, you got yourself a nine, a nine and a half. Yeah, I would say it's close. 
There's some annoying parts to it, obviously. Yes. It's a, it's, first of all, it's monstrously long. Yeah. Well, that's Thorn, uh, Throne of Glass. Throne of Glass, Throne of Glass is like seven or eight books. Yeah, I didn't make my way through that yet. Yeah. Still. On one. I finished one book. One sucks. (laughs) I know you deal with me. One sucks. Two, three, three. I'm trying to get a hold of this trend in my mind. Yeah. Because I I understand what's happening. So let me give you another example. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to do it as not books. We're going to do it as like a person. Okay. So, um, he's a nine, Mm -hmm. but he only clips his toenails at the kitchen table. Nine, still. That doesn't bother me. like with his feet up on the kitchen table. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> I know, right? I can't. I am so bothered by so many things, but that does not bother me. Okay. Um, let me give you another one. Uh, okay. He's a seven, mm-hmm. but he's a furry. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I, that he wouldn't be a seven if he's in a suit. Okay. So he two. Okay. So, like, there, there could be something there. You know, okay. it's a two. Yeah. Like, I could feel something in his fursuit, but it's <laughs> <laughs> it's unlikely. Okay. He is a ten. Okay. But he's extremely transphobic. Oh, God, that would be, that would knock you down to a two. Yeah. Like, I could theoretically still think you were hot, but I would just always know that, you're, that you yeah. were just... Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, do you have any examples? Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> he is or a 6.9. Wait, should we do she's or no? He's? Okay, you're this? she. Okay. She is a 6.9. A 6.9. A 6.9. Okay. But her feet smell so bad yeah. that when she comes into the house and takes her shoes off, it stinks up the whole house and she won't put them in a special cupboard. Okay, but that's me, though. <laughs> so like you you're right you walk into the door yeah no I, literally my feet are so stinky my when i when i get done playing disc golf i literally am gagging at my own shoes oh really yeah it's so bad i'm always so intrigued by my own foot smell okay no i can't i think i don't like my the rest of my sweat on my body never stinks it's just my feet and i feel it just I'm, collects and pools down there yeah i'm convinced that all of the toxins only release through my feet remember when we lived in florida yeah and i um put the powder in my shoe one day yeah. and i was walking at work and yeah. every step i took was i had yeah, big right. white yeah. puff clouds <laughs> that, were, that were coming out of my shoe yeah oh my god <laughs> okay so no uh i would say probably uh, smells are hard maybe a five it's not too much, but like yeah, like I could move past it. You know, I can get a clothespin for my nose while I and obviously and, and foot life. smell actually doesn't bother me that much. Okay. Weird. Well, that's why you I didn't realize I had so many foot opinions yeah. until just these last yeah, few minutes. Yeah, why do we have foot kink? What's happening? We're no, just, I okay. the opposite. Yeah. I don't, okay. I'm scared. Well, give me another one. Um, if you can. She's a nine, but okay, but. Mm-hmm. I'm looking around her room for inspiration. Yeah, I know. She hates, like, hates art. Oh, that's a... Could you deal with that? That's a one. Who hates... Oh, that's a one. Right? Like, she looks at art and she's like, this means nothing to me. It's so dumb. Art's so dumb. So stupid. One. Although I would hate fuck her once. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe twice. 
And I'd be like, that was is. art, baby. <laughs> that dick down was art. Oh, God, I'm terrible at thinking up, like, bad qualities about people. Okay, I kind of so suck at this. What about, what about he's a two? Okay. But he makes you a lunch every single day. A seven. <gasps> wow. I've had some really ugly boyfriends in the past yeah. that I absolutely loved. Aww. Because they had such amazing qualities. Yeah. And that would be one of them. Like doing things for doing you? Doing things yes. for you. Yeah. Well, I can see that. Okay. How about he's a four. Okay. And the only thing he will watch is the Care Bears. He refuses to watch Oh my god, else. like he'll only watch only the Care Bears. The Care Bears. Like the children's cartoon. He's a four, and the only thing he can watch is a Care Bears. It's Care Bears. He, you kind of stay at four at that does point. Does it get worse? It doesn't get, it doesn't get worse. Yeah. Because everyone has their quirks, and maybe that show brings him great comfort, and yeah. like, I'm fine with that. Hopefully, I'm allowed to watch something else in the next room, unless, do not I have to watch it too? Not if he's there. But if he's there, he can't. Watch that. Well, I mean, like, if you two are... It wouldn't work. work. Yeah, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. work out. Yeah. He has to be... His attractiveness level ball. stays the same. Yeah. And uh, it, that's that. And then we never become anything. Okay. He's a 10. Okay. A 10. But can't read. <laughs> and refuses to learn and thinks it's stupid. And has the potential to learn but does, oh. will not read. Yeah. Okay. And, like, we'll probably make fun of you for reading and, like, anything to do with... Because of, the, you know, obviously his Just wild... Just hates reading so much that they refuse to learn and totally have the capability. And thinks anyone who does it is, like, it's a waste mm -hmm. of time. And, but he's a fucking 10. He's like, a 10. 10. It'd be like if Zach Efron approached me, but he couldn't read. And he was like, and you read, and that's so annoying. <sighs> Sorry, I'm really happy to think about this. You've never been given a 10 situation, so it's like, what am I willing to sacrifice? Like, Zac Efron for me is like as one of my ideals for like a perfect Oh, really? Okay, I know of all people, of right? That. Yeah. And if oh, he approached me and was like, I love you, but I hate I reading you. and yeah. i think reading is dumb and that you should stop and i can't do it I, I physically as long as he was totally normal about everything else like would watch movies and you know would like to hang out and you know like get drunk sometimes yeah. and stuff yeah i think he could stay at 10 potentially stay at a 10 but that's just that I'm says not, a lot about me yeah i realize more about you for sure but hey this is my game. Yeah. I mean, okay, but also you have to think about like anywhere you have to go and like anywhere. I have to read it for him. You have to read what's on the menu. And that you makes, have to read that like, makes the him directions. dependent on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that ultimately At works Christmas in my favor. Time, you have to read whose name is on the packages and like what it mm -hmm. is if he doesn't mm -hmm. know. You know, we all have to make sacrifices in relationships, and as Efron couldn't read, I'd make a sacrifice. Watch there, like, be a wild gossip rumor now that, like, Zac Efron doesn't Can't read? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, um, I'm trying to think, because I know... Okay. Well, you know who can read? 
Our supporters. Our supporters. And I can read, and I'm going to read their names off this list. Mm-hmm. Do you like that segue? Yes. Thank you so much to this list of people who donate and support our podcast each and every month. We really appreciate you, and we want to give a big shout-out to Julie C., Anna M., Heather A., Alyssa S., Rebecca PK, Teresa D., Dominic B., Melanie W., Catherine L., Jesse D., David B., and Karen R. Thank you so much to those people who support our podcast financially. If you would like to support this podcast, you can do so by going to anchor.fm slash speaking of which and clicking on the support button. There's an option for a dollar a month, $5 a month, even $10 a month. Or you can always send a one-time donation to one of our PayPals if you've enjoyed listening, but you don't want to have it be a reoccurring thing. You can stop that at any time. Uh, But also if you want to support us and you don't or can't, to want to do it financially, you can go and share this podcast on another social media platform or with a friend or rate this podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's it. Thank you so much to our supporters. We love you. We appreciate you. And I'm pretty sure every one of you can read. So good Mm -hmm. for you. Okay. And some people, because now you got me really thinking about it. (laughs) Because obviously some people grow up in countries where they never learned how to read. Yeah, and what if they're fucking And if they're a 10, 10? they stay a 10. Yeah, but it's it's more so than that. Like, it's not that they just can't read, it's that... It's Zac Efron. It's, I'm imagining no, it's no, Zac no, no, Efron no, refusing that, to learn how to read. Yes, yeah, that they refuse to, and they think it's a waste of fucking time to read anything. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, angered by the fact that in, they live in society where... That makes have, them yeah. do that. That's rough, right? Zach stays at 10, and that says a lot about me. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Thanks so much for (laughs) listening. Goodbye. Bye.